0: Today, Neil and I are sharing some thoughts and ideas on how to make your home a safe haven from the craziness of the world. We're sharing some of the things we loved from the homes we grew up in and some of the traditions we're starting in our own little family. We reflect back on some of the things we learned through COVID and what we're continually trying to do to make our home a safe and peaceful place. (music) Oh, right.
1: Welcome to Mentor Messages. It's <laughs> great to be with you tonight.
0: Great to be with you. Uh, Neil's going to kind of lead this one tonight. It was his idea, and I loved it. So, take it let's away.
1: Let's go. Is yeah. That what you say in the in the business. Sure. Um, so there's really a, a conference talk. Well, uh, conferences we have these through our church twice a year, where the leaders of our church will speak, and uh, we just had one last April. Um, first week in April, and it's really been interesting during COVID. What you know, obviously, the topics have been really targeted and and you know have had to do with different things that we're experiencing as a as a world um, through a worldwide pandemic, if you will. Um, so, one of the ones that really stood out to me was from the the leader of our church, um, Russell M. Nelson. So he talked about. Uh, there's a talk that that's entitled what we learned or excuse me, what we are learning and will never forget. And he talks about this concept of COVID and what we learned through going through the whole process and what we can take forward from that, that will be helpful to us and be, be a blessing to our life. So
0: like how to cut your own hair.
1: How to cut your own hair? You didn't mention that. <laughs> just let your kids do it. That's what I did. That was kind I'm of fun. I'm just
0: having this memory flashback of you, yeah, deciding you were going to cut your hair, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to take him like 15 minutes at the most. Like, how hard can it be? You're going to just actually really do hard. a buzz cut, and I think you went at it for two hours or something. At least an oh, for sure it was more than an hour.
1: It's way harder than (laughs) I thought it would be. It's, I mean... But we
0: didn't have a choice. There there was nothing open. open here, you know, in Southern California. So I think it was probably that way in a lot of places, but especially here, we had zero options. So...
1: So then you you're cutting your, to own cut your own hair. I guess we yeah. do. that. Well, that's one that I'm not taking forward though. I'm kind of, I'm going to go back to, I'm happily yeah. going to go back to my barber okay. and let him work his magic. But one of the things that, um, president Nelson, uh, again, the president of our church, he talks about that really stuck out to me in the way that he talked about it was just really powerful. Um, he says, speaking about our homes or the concept of of our home and really what that means for us and for our families. Um, He says, Often when the Lord warns us about the perils of the last days, He counsels us. He counsels thus, Stand ye in holy places and be not moved. These holy places certainly include the Lord's temples and meeting houses or churches. But as our ability to gather in these places has been restricted in varying degrees, we have learned that one of the holiest places on earth is the home. Yes, even your home. So it's pretty powerful when you think of your home being a holy place. And I think you approach everything about your home in a different way when you think of it as a holy place. So, um I don't know. That was something that was powerful to me of, of thinking about what we do in the home and what makes that special or makes it a holy place. I mean, I don't know. What are some of the things that we do? Are you, if, yeah, well, what do we do? Well,
0: yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is having home church this past year, right? That's something we had never, I can't remember a time that we've done that before yeah, COVID can I. and It was kind of a special thing to do with our kids, especially now they'll refer to our living room as, oh, the room where we had home church, which is really sweet um, because before that, I don't know that they had any other association. It's one of those rooms that I'm kind of like, that is a worthless room. (laughs) It It houses our piano, but otherwise we have a formal living room that just doesn't get used a whole lot. But when everything shut down and we decided... Um, or when we were instructed to have home church until we were able to meet again as a congregation, I just said to Neil, let's do it in a room where it feels kind of different. Instead of doing it in our family room where our kids are used to like laying all over the couches and watching TV and having popcorn on a Friday afternoon, I said, let's do it in the living room just so it feels kind of different. And I think that was that's the first thing that I can think of when you're asking me, you know, what feels? What was your question? What feels sacred about our home? Or, yeah, yeah. That I I think I'll remember that forever. Just what that felt like having our kids. It took them a minute to get used to it, but they really got into a groove of being really, you know, folding their arms and being reverent and and singing a hymn together and saying a prayer and and I think that that's something that really I I. Definitely was more aware of the way that we were acting in our home, trying to think, okay, this has got to be a safe sanctuary for everyone during this crazy time. So it's something that I tried to be more intentional about once I had that realization. And once we were instructed to start having church in our home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think one of the things that's just and I know a lot of uh, well, a few churches have this or do this, like Catholics have uh, communion, or mm-hmm. where you you take the bread and the and the wine for in remembrance of Jesus Christ. We have the the sacrament, so it's the bread and the water, and usually that's done at church as part of the we would call sacrament meeting mm-hmm. for um, our Sunday worship services. But doing that in your home, uh, for me, because um, I was the one that. Did that ordinance for our family was really special. Um, it was just really made that because you're you're doing something that is um, specifically tied to Jesus Christ and something that Christ Himself did with His twelve apostles right before He died. And so it was really just made it more powerful and special and more sacred in that way. So I, I think it'll be cool for our kids. I'm sure um, at least our older kids will always look back and remember like, Oh yeah, I remember that year that we did church in our, in our house. And we took the sacrament in our house for that year. And, um, you know, maybe that'll be a, a special memory for them. I know it will be for me, but really, really powerful. And, and I think one of the other things that, that, uh, president Nelson says in this talk, he says present restrictions on gathering will eventually end. However, your commitment to make your home your primary sanctuary of faith should never end. As faith and holiness decrease in this fallen world, your need for holy places will increase. I urge you to continue to make your home a truly holy place and be not moved from that essential goal. So makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the, you know, things kind of go crazy in the world. There's a lot of turmoil, upheaval, but I think the home can be such the center of peace and grounding and safety for a family, for our kids. And um, you know, that it would just make sense. It makes so much sense to me to be able to create a situation where we can foster that and have some kind of home base and, and security from the outside world, you know, that could be going crazy around Uh us. So really, really, um, I don't know, really, really powerful, but what are some of the things that, I mean, what else have has made that special for you?
0: Yeah. I just think as I've tried to think about how I'm decorating our home and how I'm, what we're putting on the walls or what we're surrounding ourselves and our kids with, that's something that I've thought a lot about wanting to have things that feel peaceful, that feel uplifting, that feel like they draw the spirit in. And I think of the temple being kind of that ultimate, for me, the ultimate place where I walk in and I immediately feel peace and I immediately feel like I'm at home. And that's universal for me with any temple that I walk into, um, it feels, any of our temples it feels like home and it feels like it's beautiful and peaceful and there's light and so I tried to you know look for things that would bring that in to our home as far as paintings or artwork um and and that was just something that I think it does make a difference like your surroundings and what you are looking at and what you're surrounding yourself with all of the time. I don't know. So I know that also another thing that I've heard people talk about is pictures that that helps kind of make kids feel secure and solidifies memories for them and makes them feel like they belong and they are part of something. So that's another thing that I've tried to do is put pictures up and I need to be better about that in this digital world. It's easy to just keep them all on your phone or your computer and never print them out. But that's one thing that I think has made a difference that I've really tried to put in our home to make our kids feel like they're secure and they belong and they know that this is their safe place. So that's another thing I've kind of thought about as far as home.
1: Yeah. I remember growing up, my parents had a picture. It was at the top of our stairs and it was a picture of Christ, um, and and it was it was more of a subtle one. It wasn't like one of those ones that was really like a close up of his you know his face or his head or anything. It was just kind of a more of a subtle picture. But I remembered I, I'd always anytime I'd run upstairs I'd see that picture, and I think it just was a just a constant subtle reminder for me. And and then even just kind of a had a grounding effect where I just felt kind of more spiritually connected seeing that. Um. And so I know for us, as you've gotten grabbed, you know, had a few pictures of Christ and we've put a few up that have been really cool. um, I think just having those, it just changes the feel in your house for sure.
0: And most recently the Reflections of Christ photo that, I mean, we just had Mark Mabry on the podcast, but his, that uh, walking on water photo, I feel like every time I walk through our front door and I see that now, it's just really peaceful and calming to me to see that. And so I think that, you know, that's one thing you can do to bring a good feeling and peace into your home is put things there that that ground you and that make you feel a certain way. And I think about growing up, since you brought up something growing up, I feel like when I look back at memories of my home and where I grew up, there were things that probably my parents didn't intentionally place there but they just became part of the memory of our home like the big tree out in the front yard that like I had my first kiss under that tree um and I, I remember that. yeah I, to ask that I remember you. yeah I remember having like tons and tons of christmas lights one year strung up there and they were there for months after christmas and um one of our neighbors climbed up there and finally just took them all down and one of the neighbor boys but I just, yeah, that tree for some reason, I would, I remember so many times like walking in and out of our house and feeling like it grounded me. Like it was part of who I was as a person, that that was my home. That was my tree. Probably kind of silly, but I think little pieces of nature can really also contribute to a home. I don't know. That's something I never would have like planned to say, but as I think back, I'm like, yeah, that tree really, they better never cut that tree down (laughs) because I love it. Um, But also food was such a huge part of growing up my memories and, and smells of certain foods of cookies, baking and having like rolls or homemade bread with Sunday dinner and having those Sunday dinners. That's why it's such a big deal to me to have the Sunday dinner and sit at the table and have a discussion and, that was something that was a huge tradition and part of the way I grew up. And I want to give that to our kids, too, because it made me feel safe and like I belonged to something that really was important to me beyond um, just religion and faith. And, and that's something that I think, you know, if whatever faith base you are and whatever belief system you subscribe to that that there are things about f- food and family and tradition that ground people and that make people really feel secure and like they're part of something and and my parents did such a great job of creating really beautiful and lasting memories that just stuck with me that I've that I have such good feelings about that I'm trying to recreate some of that with my kids too you know because they did they were such a big deal to me and they made such a difference in feeling like ownership in being, you know, a foster and growing up that way. So, yeah, I think about a lot of those things. And some of it's funny too. If I think back in at the home that I grew up in, like I, I, I joke that I grew up in the Harry Potter room because my bedroom was downstairs and it was underneath the stairs and it was the smallest room in the house. It was not actually a closet, but it like anytime someone would walk down the stairs, they would, the stairs would squeak. And I, my room was right next to the heating and air conditioning units. So in the summer I would wear like winter pajamas. And then in the winter I would wear like summer pajamas or like one light blanket because my room was either freezing or hot, depending on whether everyone else was running the heat or the (laughs) air conditioning. And these are just funny memories, but but they're mine and they're my home and they're, you know, things that I, even though they're funny and quirky, like I think so fondly back to those things because they're, they are such a part of who I am, you know? So I've totally gone off on a tangent. No, that's probably actually didn't answer your question.
1: A, no, it's a perfect answer. I think it's great because it comes back to that grounding effect, I think, in establishing that familiarity and then I don't know. There's something, even when I go back to my parents' house now, I still feel it's like very grounding for me to be there and just to feel kind of the memories and it just, it just feels good. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think you have that association so it can just be so powerful in establishing that. And I think, you know, what makes it special is is what happens there. And I, and I think one of the things that's really important, um, in that, that, we try to do and that leaders of our church will encourage us to do is, is, you know, certain take spiritual actions consistently each day. So one of the things that I think, um, you know, we grew up, I think in both of our households was, was prayer, Mm -hmm. prayer at mealtime, prayer as a family before, you know, at bedtime or in the morning. Um, and I think that's something that I grew up with and grew up doing. And it just Really, I don't know, it just changes the feel and and solidifies kind of a unity, spiritually speaking, uh, within the family and, uh, you know, it just is super powerful.
0: Yeah. Family I prayer mean, was huge for us, too. Definitely. I remember a lot of really powerful family prayers and then a lot of just really run of the mill, basic family prayers, too. And
1: you're, you're saying the prayer and you're like, all right, get through it so we can get to food.
0: i don't think that we quite had the same dynamic that that you did when it comes to that our family
1: was six boys
0: neil still prays like that sometimes and i kind of look at him (laughs) after like wait what was that um yeah they definitely know how to get it done fast in his family That was something that, you know, a family prayer, there were, there were really cool memories for me. And now too, this is like a fun little thing, but we do a prayer star with our kids. We'll say like prayer star and we'll all kneel down in a circle and put our hands in the middle and it makes a star. And there's no like symbolism to it other than just it, it's something visual that our kids love to see and. You know, I don't know if we'll be able to squish everybody into a prayer star once they're all old enough to kneel down and pray. But for now, it's fun with our older girls and they love it. And um it's also sometimes when one of them's kind of lingering or taking a minute to get over to come do the family prayer, it's like, oh, we can't finish, this, you know, the star's not complete without you. And so we wait, you know, for one of them to come over. But that's one fun little tradition that we've started that. I don't think I grew up with or you did either. It's just, I don't know, something that we do now. Yeah. And, but I think that prayers, it's really sweet to hear. Millie's just barely starting to pray and, and she just kind of copies what she, you know, sees and hears the older sisters do, but, but it's really sweet. And I know that, that she feels it too. I feel like kids, I, I feel like kids prayers count extra.
1: I feel the same way.
0: More than adults. And so I love to hear our kids pray because I feel like they're just even more purely in tune with heaven and communicating with Heavenly Father. Um, But yeah, I really love prayer. And then I'm sure you were going to bring up scripture study, right? Those are
1: the basics. Yeah. So what was
0: family scripture study like for you?
1: Um, It just varied. I mean, different times. Yeah, we, we would go through... Um, I just, I remember reading the book of Mormon together as a family at different mm-hmm. times. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, looking back, it's when you're younger you and it's, you know, it's scripture, it reads very differently. It's hard to understand when you're younger. It's kind of like, you're just dry. You can't really get into it. It's hard. But I think that, family togetherness, like it really was powerful. And and I don't even think I realized just how powerful it was once when I was a kid, you just don't kind of really respect how amazing it actually is. But, um, that's something that we did as a family and, you know, it's really, really cool.
0: Yeah. Now, we, we did that too at different times. Sometimes we did it at night. Sometimes we switched and we were doing it early in the morning Um, But my parents really made an effort also to do family scripture study. And with our kids, you know, it's funny, a couple years ago, so let's see, Annie's eight now, but she was like six at the time. So she was about Lila's age. And we had some missionaries come over and give us a family, like give our family a little lesson. They actually, the set of missionaries that are serving in our area right now popped by and did that tonight too. But anyway, so at the time, this set of missionaries challenged our family to read the scriptures together every day. And at the time I was thinking, okay, well, our kids are really young, but okay. I think we had, Millie was probably, yeah, a brand new baby. And then Lila was like four, three or four. And Annie was like six. And I was like, okay, (laughs) fine. Well, you know, we can try this, but it's going to be a little bit difficult with kids that are this young. And, do you remember what happened with Annabelle?
1: I think this, yeah, with her reading. Uh, oh my right? gosh.
0: She just took off with her reading. It was like she was starting to learn to read and was like decent at it. And then as soon as we had her start reading the Book of Mormon with us every night, it was like she just exploded in her understanding of reading. And and I, I truly believe that that was as a result of us reading the book of Mormon as a family every night for quite a while. And now we're, this year we're studying a different book of scripture from our, our scriptures, um, the doctrine and covenants, but either way, it's, it's cool because our kids get excited. I mean, I'll take that as long as I can get it. They get excited to read the scriptures and they almost like fight over it, whose turn it is. And, and it's such an uplifting thing. And, and here's the thing too, like if you are questioning Okay. Well, whether, is that doing any good? I mean, I, I look at that and I think, what harm does it do? You know, (laughs) it's definitely an uplifting thing. It's definitely bringing light into their life. And so, you know, even if you're just, I, I know there are just tons and tons of studies on just reading to your kids in general, reading to them. There's, there have been so many studies on kids who get a college education and they stay in school and they're highly successful. It's very much correlated to having parents that reach to their kids. You know, that's it, just really ups their chances. So, of doing well in life in lots of areas. So, for us, we've found really great success in family scripture study. And it doesn't have to be a long thing. That was the cool thing with those missionaries challenging us to read the scriptures with our kids like I said at first, I was kind of rolling my eyes like, okay, they're so little. They're not going to get anything out of this. But not only did did I feel like it brought, not only do I feel like it brought a different spirit into our home, which I totally do feel like it cut down on contention with our kids and made our home more peaceful, but it gave Annabelle an accelerated skill of reading. And I'm super grateful for that. And we've tried our best to really keep up with that for the last couple of years. And I think it's been a huge blessing to our entire family.
1: Absolutely. No, that's something that I think it's just those basic things. And I mean, we talk about them in church all the time, like prayer, scripture study. Um, You know, those are like the two main things. But I think that, you know, as you do those, I don't know, as we've done them, um, those are just the simple, they're just really small and simple things, but they make it like a huge difference. And I always feel way different after him. I mean, one thing that I think was really cool for growing up and that, that a lot of, uh, the leaders in our church focused on was the idea of this like family home evening or once a week, you have kind of a, a day that, you, or a night that you're just with your family and you kind of have maybe like a little spiritual lesson and then a game or activity, um, and, and spend time specifically as a family. And I, I just remember, you know, that was like a good, positive grounding experience as well. You know, having set aside time, so it's just cool. I think that just the concept of of consistent set aside time as a family in your home, um, that's something that was really, I don't know, really powerful, really grounding. For, for fam- me, you're
0: talking about family home evening. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and I'm sure for you, one of the things I love. My father in law, uh, Corinne's dad, has this gospel, this uh, gospel discussion for, with his family, every family dinner. So, you know, we'll have a big family dinner and then he gives kind of a gospel lesson or discussion. That's something that you grew up with, right?
0: Yeah. Well, gospel, the gospel discussion was a separate thing from family home evening. And I remember definitely having teenage years where I would totally have an attitude about family home evening. Like, oh, okay, here we go. So I didn't always have the greatest attitude about it. I, sometimes I, there were years where I loved it and got excited and wanted to be part of the lesson with my mom or help make a treat. But I remember having an attitude for sure a little bit as a teenager. And But I, again, have really fond memories overall when I look back and think, yeah, that was such a good thing that my parents pushed through, you know, probably some resistance from kids. We already see that with our kids. Um, and they just made it happen because they could see the potential for good that that would have, you know, the impact that it could have on all of us. And I feel like it's really difficult with our kids to get them to sit down and listen to a lesson. But I do feel like they get something out of it and it, it impacts them and it rubs off of them in the same way that if we let our kids sit and watch something where there's a bunch of fighting you know, a movie or a show or whatever, it doesn't take too long before they're acting out the scenes that they saw and they're fighting and they're, you know, picking up whatever they can and pretending to sword fight or, you know, those like that is impacting them. And, and I feel like when we take the time, even if it's wild and even if, people are arguing or someone's crying or someone's throwing a tantrum or someone's taking off all their clothes and streaking through the house. <laughs> that would be Millie right <laughs> that would now. Be one
1: of our um, our two year old children.
0: Um, it's worth it, you know, and I feel like it does bring a really like a good happy spirit into our home overall. And it's worth it to make that effort. And our kids, I, a lot of times I feel like they're not listening to anything that we're saying, but then their Sunday school teachers will come back to me sometimes and say, I can tell you're doing this in your home because your kids know the answers to these questions when I ask them. And I can tell that you're studying these lessons with them at home. So it I think sometimes we feel like as parents, this is in one ear and out the other, or they weren't even paying attention, but they are there. Even if it's just kind of partially rubbing off on them, it is. Somewhat. It is having an impact. Yeah.
1: Well, and I thought about our youngest little Millie. She's just barely, you know, going to be three. She'll be three
0: in July. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we're in tr- She does this thing where she'll start praying when she hears somebody else mm-hmm. saying a prayer. Um, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't even, like, we haven't really even worked with her on how to pray yet because she's just so young, but she's picking up on it. So we we're in church and we we're out kind of in the hall. And we were late, and uh, you know the person she could hear someone giving a prayer in the background, and so she started praying, and she mentioned someone's name who we'd been praying for, and I just was, and I think everyone around us heard it because our you know our whole congregation had been praying for this person, and and it was just really like special. It was like a really powerful moment. I'm like wow. Like she was legitimately p- praying for him, but also that she picked up on it and was sensitive enough to know like that's like in my prayer, I pray for this person.
0: And that's so, so sweet. Really I really missed cool. that because I was playing the organ today.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, so. a, it was a couple of weeks ago, but it was pretty, it was kind of a cool moment. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, just one last thing I wanted to share. Uh, there's a, there's a scripture, it's in one of our books, of scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, this is section 109 verse eight, but I think it, it's really cool. Just this concept of our homes being a holy place and, and, you know, our responsibility to make them into something special, a holy place that we can stand in. Um, it says, organize yourselves, prepare every needful thing and establish a house, even a house of prayer. A house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order, a house of God, that your incomings may be in the name of the Lord, that your outgoings may be in the name of the Lord, that all your salutations may be in the name of the Lord with uplifted hands under the most high. It's actually eight and nine, but just kind of a cool thought to, to sum things up. And I think there's an opportunity that we can do that. And there is, you know, we can, I, I, can choose to do that and, and it, you know, there are a lot of, there's a lot of strength that can be drawn from taking those actions. Obviously it's just not perfect. I think so much of the time it's just complete chaos. And just trying to maintain some sort of sanity.
0: <laughs> There's a whole lot of chaos in the home. That's <laughs> so it's so like, so true.
1: That, like, some perfect ideal. I just thought, I'm not going to try and paint any picture that our house is anywhere close to that. But, um, but I think it's the effort. And I, and I feel like when we strive to do that in our house, um, amid the just craziness and imperfection of it, that somehow, um, I don't know, God does something miraculous as as we just at least try and make that effort. And um, some days it doesn't feel like it's doing anything, but other days, um, I think overall, it really feels good.
0: This is my final thought. This comes from a talk called The Finest Homes, and this is something that I studied a lot. This was April 2020, so this was the very first general conference that happened after the pandemic started and we were all in serious lockdown. And I remember studying and and really taking this talk to heart. And this was some of what inspired me also to try to make some subtle changes in how our home was decorated and how it looked, even just on our main floor during the pandemic, to make it feel kind of like a temple at home. And I would say that the one thing that I am really trying to work on this year, I mean, always, but especially this year in having our home be a sanctuary is I'm trying really hard to just work on some of my character weaknesses and and repent and ask my family members for forgiveness when I am not perfect, which is all the time, and being willing to work on some of those weaknesses. And this is something that Elder Clayton, who gave this talk, said, and I, I love the way he says it. He says it better than I do. He was talking about President Nelson, who had invited us to transform and remodel our homes through gospel study. So this is... Now this is Elder Clayton. His invitation recognizes that fine homes house the tender, vital work of personal growth and remodeling our weaknesses. Daily repentance is a transformative tool that enables us to grow a little kinder, more loving, and more understanding. And I think we've talked about a lot of really great traditions and and little things that have made our home feel grounding and peaceful. And unified and a lot of things that we think back on fondly from our homes growing up and things that we're trying to do. But I think the number one thing that I really, really want to strive for is just to, yeah, repent when I do things that don't make people in our home feel loved and to try really hard to make them feel loved and to show them love and to see how I can be A peaceful force in our home. And that's, and peace, which is white. If you're going off the color code is not my go-to color. It's not, I have very little natural white in my personality, but I'm trying really hard to refine that and to become more of that kind of person because I feel like that is who Christ is. He's he's the Prince of Peace. And so that's the thing that I really, really am trying to work on. And I've got a long way to go, but it's something that I'm committed to. And I feel like as I've made an effort, I feel better about my impact on the the tone of our home. So that's my final kind of, I don't know, vulnerable thing about our home and where we're at and what I'm trying to do. And I feel like It does make a difference so whatever that is in your home if there's something that you recognize as far as the tone or the spirit or the vibe there if there's something you can do you know do it don't be afraid to try to look at where you can improve personally and where you can overcome a character weakness and, and make an effort because it's never too late to do that, to bring peace or happiness or whatever whatever that is that you know you can personally work on into your home and make it a better place.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow.